Hi guys, hope you're well. Uh, I've got a really interesting guest today. Um, one of the things I've been trying to do almost with the kind of growth strategy live stream is talk about real kind of business, real businesses, real people, and almost kind of introduce you to some people that you might not have met before, and then actually kind of dig into their kind of backstory and, um, you know, basically kind of explore part of the journey. Because I think one of the big things for me is how uh, for a lot of people, they, you know, everyone has their own kind of entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journey that they kind of want to go on, but it often helps to have heard from and almost met in some ways uh, people in the local region who have their own kind of story to tell. And then actually from one of my previous guests, who was a guy called Charlie, and it was all to do with uh, property. I know I think five or six people have reached out to him since. So what I'm trying to do is just connect real people, talk about real stuff, and hopefully it's of interest. So I'm going to introduce you to Martin. There we go. So would you like to say hello to everyone? Yeah. Hello, everyone. Hi, Steve. You well? <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, just good. out of interest before we kind of go into the interview, but how's lockdown treating you? Um, it's, it's relatively good. You know, it's been at home um, a lot more than I usually would have. Um, as you can see, I've come out of the office to do this because uh, actually working from home would have been particularly difficult with two young children and doing this kind of thing. So just come in the office. But yeah, all good. Family's good. well. Because I must admit, you're you're quite into your fitness. Yes, yeah. I was going to say, how um, have you found that? Um, it's been more difficult than usual. I'm still being able to get out there and do the old running and walking and things, but sort of the the actual training like we used to do in the gyms being a bit more difficult. So I've been doing a lot more of that at home, okay. sort of home training, but um, not as consistent as I would have liked. So sort of swapped that out for um, relaxing with a few more beers than I usually would. I think. No, one of the things that I've found is almost the intentionally or not, sometimes my motivation has dropped a little bit. So it's almost where it, it's just, it, it's hard to keep going in some ways. I think it definitely has. I think for the first few weeks, um, it was sort of like when you were caught up in the sort of the, the whole whirlwind of the whole um, coronavirus and, and the lockdown and things were changing so rapidly, you didn't really have time to consider it. But certainly over this last couple of weeks, when everything seems to have settled, that's where it's become harder to sort of keep yourself motivated, um, keep your team motivated as well. That's one of the challenges we've got when we're working remotely and we've got guys, so like say, working from home, we've got guys still out on the ground and trying to keep everybody motivated with everything that's going on has been difficult, let alone yourself. Because I've found that with a lot of the companies that I work with, just for some reason this week in particular, I think there's been a drop. I think it's almost when I wrote a post about it, it was almost like the stages of grief where originally it was a bit of a shock. Yeah. And then there was a bit of a novelty and then it's just, it goes on and on and you kind of realize it's probably not going to live for a while. So I've almost noticed that almost there's been a mood drop this week. Hopefully, you know, it'll lift, but it's just, I think it is starting to affect people. Well, yeah, I think when I've, I've obviously speak to people every day, sort of who we work with and you catch up and things like that. And I think what a lot of people have been experiencing is they have um, consecutive days of where they're feeling great getting on with stuff they're feeling productive and then two three really like you said dark days where motivation's at an all-time low you're wondering what's going to come out um, when this all ends where we where we're going to be left and what sort of business we're going to have moving forward so i think it has been sort of like i said it, it's starting to creep in more and more over this last week or two people starting to really consider what there is going to be when we start to come back everybody keeps mentioning this new normal but um when, when we get back to this new normal i think people are now starting to wonder what that's going to be and yeah, it's, yeah i think it is concerning for a lot 
So we met back in December, I think it was. It was James, a guy yeah. called James Klingham, introduced us. Yeah, that's right. Um, James is going to be one of my future guests, he assures me, but he wants to get his Good. new branding done first. So you'll see James <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so we met in kind of Darlington in uh, December. And it was one of those things, right. I think from the first time we kind of met, I, I could tell you've got a very good story to tell. And it was one of those things that when I definitely kind of started to do this, I want, I like to share stories of interesting people that do, you know, done really good things. Um, and I thought, I think uh, yours is kind of worth telling. So would you be up for kind of giving people your backstory and then telling you how to start the business? Yeah, I mean, obviously, the um, backstory, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, as you can probably tell from the, the, the accent, Northeast lad, um, grew up uh, in the East Durham, so in the, in the Colliery Villages, mining villages is where I grew up, um, spent most of my time around East Durham, um, so as a young kid and, and, and moving into a teenager and whatnot, um, and then eventually I settled down in Darlington, get sort of where you came to meet me, uh, now live in Darlington, um, the... Um, that was when I met my wife. So yeah, I moved down here. Business was set up in um, 2006. So um, at the time, the business was just set up. Um, back then, it was a domestic window cleaning business. So we started out cleaning windows. You know, um, that was sort of how it was. It was. I was quite fortunate to sort of have a little bit of a helping hand from um, father-in-law. So he had a had a business as well, and I started out with him just a day a week and and sort of set up my own round as such and um we looked to build that up and built the round up and eventually ended up going fully on my own you know and um got a window clean for a good few years enjoyed it life was simple then um so yeah window clean for a good number of years and then you started to sort of just naturally move into more sort of commercial things you know um you were asked to do commercial window cleaning you started to move into that and then it was just a natural progression into cleaning the internal of the offices mm-hmm. So, and at that point in time, it said it was just me, um, sort of carrying out the window cleaning early morning through the day and then going from cleaning offices sort of late on an evening. So that was sort of where the business started, really. And um, it all just started to evolve from there. So can um, I ask, just because I think it'll be interesting for, uh, you know, a, a lot of young people as well. Did you, how did you do it at school? Did you always know you were going to do your own thing? Because what I'm trying to do is almost it'll yeah. inspire other people that are thinking about the same kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, academically at school, uh, uh, not the best. Um, I was always told, very intelligent boy, just couldn't apply himself. Um, so uh, as far as sort of um, academically, no. Um, I went to college, uh, did A-levels, went to university as well, failed the first year twice. <laughs> um, what did you do down. in uni? Accounting and business. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so I suppose I always had a little bit of an idea that I would go into into business. Um, I just never really had anybody in my family or, or in my close close circles that had actually been self-employed. So I never really had that, um, uh, what would you say, sort of to be able to get that advice and for somebody to sort of give me that idea until I sort of met my father-in-law. So... That was when I know I became self-employed. I always kind of knew um, I would en- end up working for myself because I found it extremely difficult late teens, early twenties, holding a job down with anyone. Yeah. So Out of interest, why do you different. think that was? Um, uh, I like to do things myself. I like to do things my own way. And then I also, um, I suppose I used to struggle with um, doing something for somebody else. Okay. So 
Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was going to say I struggle with authority, which <laughs> is something that I've always done. But, but it, it's, I think it's a character trait that almost one of the things that I've noticed, which almost my wife drummed into me, is that if I believe into the vision, the values and the passion of the people and the organization, I like properly buy into it. But if there's yes. anything which is almost that niggles away at me, something I don't like, if there's some immoral yeah. stuff going on, it almost eats away at me. And it was about a year or so ago, I think my wife said to me, I probably wouldn't be happy unless I was working for myself. So I empathize with the... Uh... How's that working out for you? Are you happy? <laughs> it's good, actually, because the I enjoy the creative stuff. So even before we kind of came on yeah. camera, I was almost panicking and saying that I still get nervous. But for me, it's the... I like. I still think I can learn stuff quicker than most people. So from a business point yeah. of view, if you can innovate and change and do stuff that other people can't, you know, kind of gives yeah. you an advantage. So for me, in some ways, that because it is just me and I do my own graphic design photography social media actual running the business my own finances you know everything it, it's great because there's obviously very low overheads and actually yeah. the thing that i really like is that for me it's more about building long-term relationships with a small number of people so actually i don't necessarily need a hundred customers but it's you yeah. know just a handful actually more than kind of sees me through so almost because of that i get to kind of dive in and almost be part of people's teams and actually, one of the things that I've really enjoyed was that there's one customer who uh, I was able to chase down a bad debt for them. And that was a significant amount of money, which I think it was just yeah. luck, actually. It was my first phone call. One of the ladies <laughs> there calls me um, Mary Poppins. So I just come in and just fix things. and disappear. <laughs> um, But it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's buying into different people's teams and getting involved. And actually, the more you get to know them, the more I get involved. And actually, yeah. one of the things that I love is almost the it's like a mentor inside to it. So you actually develop relationships with some of the staff that work there. And again, yeah. when I was kind of coming through in the different jobs I've had, I never necessarily had someone to look out for me. So it was always, yeah. I was trying to learn it myself from scratch. And actually, if I can play any, the tiniest little part to help people make that next step, you know, yes. that's kind of what I get excited about. No, which, which is great. And I think what you've touched on there is sort of the mentor inside and things like that is, is something that, a lot of um, people in business setting, setting out in business. I mean, that's something that I would um, certainly um, ask people to do because certainly for, my, for myself, I've learned by my mistakes. So, you know, and, and it would have been amazing to have been able to have saved myself a hell of a lot of um, pain and, and, and stress and, and obviously had a mentor or and had somebody who could have been involved sort of the, the 10, 11, 12 year ago, you know, and helped me with the business and helped me set the business up back then. So, but, you know, here we are. I think that's almost the, the side of it is that with, you have to find someone that you resonate with because it's almost yeah. the, the, you have a lot of people that will tell you what they think, regardless of if it's the right thing actually to do or not. You know, there's a lot of people that yeah. just want to spout off their opinions and it's almost, it's, it's that balance when you find someone that you trust that's almost been through it before, but not necessarily just taking it verbatim. That must be correct. It's putting your own kind of spin and influence on it. And it's, yeah. um, for me, that's always a big thing that when you were saying about almost putting yourself out of your comfort zone and regretting things, many times I regret doing the whole live stream thing because it's so much harder than I thought it'd be. But actually <laughs> it's part of the challenge. And, you know, I guess as we all kind of learn to innovate and adapt and kind of move forward, you know, what this in theory enables me to do is contact 8 billion people on YouTube and yeah. do things that with a Zoom call, you can host webinars and you can invite 49 people, maybe 100. 
but it's not public and it's that balance almost from a, a business development stroke longer term you know kind of goal and you know for me there's a big bit about the education kind of piece of helping people take that next kind of step you know I, I, I like learning new stuff and you know and realistically even if it was an absolute shit, shit show and it just kind of you know was disastrous I will learn from it and I'll you know keep going so well that's it, what they say don't they? you know isn't it fail fast yeah well I yeah, fail very you know. fast and publicly yeah, you and me both but no, i appreciate the, like, the even, challenges seem to get bigger and bigger the longer you're going so but like you said that you um before we came on the call that almost this is out your comfort zone a little bit yeah it is a little bit this um obviously something as well it, to be honest i'd sort of set out at the start of the year to to, to to get on board with doing things like this um you know getting myself out mm. there and and you know yeah I, i'm not the my personality i don't really want to openly saying I feel I've got a good story to tell but to be honest you know if, if I can tell what we've done and offer any kind of advice or and anybody mm -hmm. takes anything away from it then great because because uh, I think they, they will and you know there'll be lads everywhere that almost are the same age that you were who aren't happy doing what they were doing and actually yeah. just you know they'll all have their own idea about doing stuff and actually to see someone that's done it and again one thing that I'm very interested in is that it's seeing people from your own background and neighborhood that have done it and not just some yeah. guy in London or San Francisco. And again, that's a big part of with this is I think it's really important because it's almost, well, I it's think it's a big part for, for me. It's a big part for this region. It's a big part for the Northeast. Like you've mentioned London there. And um, it's again, it, it's something where, you know, I, I want to um, show the case and show that there are people around this region. And, and obviously it's a great platform you're sure to start to do that for myself. You know, it's something that the Northeast, really, there are people in the Northeast that have achieved things and who will achieve more and want to achieve more and set an example to a lot of people. Obviously, a lot where I'm from originally, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it, those streets and, and the areas now are quite desolate, a lot of them, you know, and things like that. And if we can just sort of give some kind of, and motivation to two, three, four, five people in them areas set up their own businesses just to understand that, that they can get out. There is other things out there that they can go and do. You know, they don't have to be stuck as well. Let's sort of work for somebody else. There's there's opportunities and there's things out there. And it's a bigger world than just being in the Northeast as well. So out of interest, if I can dig into it a bit, I noticed when I was doing my homework and I went onto MGF's website, is yeah. that you're not mentioned many places i was going to say anywhere but i'm sure there's somewhere but it's almost is yeah had you previously taken the decision to always sit behind the scenes a little bit um well to not necessarily sit behind the scenes but what what i'm, I'm it, again it's not necessarily my personality but um it, for, for my business this business is here for, for everybody so first and foremost we're all equal in this business you know i'm not somebody who's um at, at the forefront and leading and and, and you know and, and being this this is who I am and I don't want it to be about me you know this business is about everybody in it um and obviously the website and the in the in the in the marketing and things that we do it's to it's to try and promote that you know sort of <laughs> that outlook you know it's the fact that it, it's here from um for all for for our staff for the cleaners mm -hmm. you know we've got cleaners floor installers um contract managers area managers we've got people from all walks of life and everybody's just as equally as important as what i am and that's kind of what you know the website and things entail you know i'm not you know wanting to be taking the shine from anybody else in the business no, but i think that's almost one of the things that i think is very good it was going to be uh, do you want to give a plug for whoever it was that did your kind of marketing so i do think it's very good 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the, the 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 story and the tone, obviously, that all comes from us. It all comes from me. That that's obviously what we we want our business to be perceived as. And um, we worked very closely with a, a company called Unwritten Group okay. up in Newcastle, who did Unwritten Group. So they they uh, did the branding and the rebrand, and all of our social media had been done by uh, Social Core up in Durham. And if you come across them, the Social Core. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were looking after our socials. So um, two, obviously, again, local companies, people in the northeast. Because one and, of the things that um, I like about it, which is almost where I think it shines through, and I've never seen any company do it as well as what you do, is that you not only embrace the fact that you have different people at different wage levels doing different jobs, yeah. but you actually you embrace it, you celebrate them, you, you kind of talk about them, you show them in the images. And I've had this in previous jobs where I wanted to show the real staff and the real people behind the business. And not yeah. every business owner is happy or comfortable to do that. And actually, well, you know, I'd, I'd encourage anyone to almost check out MGF stuff because I think you do it better than almost anyone. But actually, because of that, it builds a whole extra level of trust for me that you don't get if everything is super slick, polished, etc. Actually showing real people doing real stuff, I think, is almost the best possible way that you could sell, you know, the company. And actually, you know, I think you nailed it 10 out of 10. On, um, just... no, I really appreciate that, Steve. Really appreciate that. I think, um, obviously, I, I, I want to see things start to improve again and, and, and get slicker and the message get out there even more. Um, but like you said, I mean, one of, one of the biggest reasons why I want to celebrate everybody um, in, in the business and things like that is because I know firsthand what everybody goes through on a daily basis in this business. Yeah. You know, I've got up at four o'clock in the morning to go and window clean. I've got up at five, six, seven, you know, gone and cleaned the pubs, the nightclubs. There's some sites and all these kind of places, you know. I've worked 365 days of the year. I understand what my guys are going through and all the staff that work for the business are going through. So, you know, of course, we want to sort of make sure that they're, they're, they're celebrated and that they're kind of at the forefront but of what the, the we do. But the whole process of actually doing that shows really good leadership. And again, you don't see that in many places. So it's just, I just think it's, it's really good. And I think anyone should kind of check it out. Um, no, I appreciate that. Now, honestly, would you be happy to walk everyone through the journey? So you started, was it just yourself or yourself and a mate? Yeah, just, well, like I said, um, just myself. Um, obviously, I, I'd worked alongside the, um, my father-in-law for a little while and cut my teeth and, and sort of started to understand about self-employment. Day or two a week, I worked with him uh, whilst building up my own work. Um, once my own work was built up, you know, that um, I sort of went off and just looked after that, uh, which was, again, it was just domestic window cleaning. Um, the, and that, as I touched on earlier, moved into doing commercial window cleaning. And then it was a bit of a pro easy progression into doing the office cleaning for the for the window cleaning clients. And um, so uh, at that time, back then, probably 2008, nine, it still would have been sort of myself, um, sort of looking at, do, at doing all the cleaning, window cleaning accounts. How was it taking on your first kind of member of staff? Yeah, I mean, I have to, um, so I remember to this day, it was um, a, a window cleaner, uh, obviously uh, um, having a, somebody who worked alongside me in the van at the time. And um, I think, I mean, I've spoken to you about this in the past. Yeah. And so uh, at, at that point in time, you know, it, it was, to me, it was a good feeling and it was one of those that sort of, there was just something inside me that wanted to employ people. So once he was employed, it, it didn't daunt me, it didn't faze me. It was something that, again, from that point, I just thought to myself, you know, I enjoy this. I want to sort of grow my business. At the time as well, I didn't know where I was going. It was just growing the window cleaning business. Mm -hmm. Then it was growing the cleaning business. 
But all along, I've wanted to grow and employ people, you know, bring people along. Again, we've touched on people come into business and start out as a window cleaner and, and potentially as a, as, a, as, a, as a cleaner who end up being supervisors, contract managers, um, hopefully even more. You know, I'd love to think somebody came to him and ended up being a director of the business. And that's where I think I would have maybe succeeded, you know, um, would class having the business uh, as a success then. So, yeah, employing the first guy, I, it was obviously great, enjoyed it, um, took that on and, and started to employ more and more and more. So. so what for you was the first kind of big milestone for the business? You know, the, the one point where you've like, yeah. oh, it's time well, to get traction. Obviously, I very rarely look back. That's that's one of my sort of, <laughs> um, I, I, I struggle to, to, to sort of look back and reflect. But I think... Um, I would say one of the one of the first turning points would have been um, first time we've advertised. So we, we back then again, showing the age I'm getting to now, um, <laughs> sort of pre-social media, um, yellow pages, you know, an advert in the yellow pages, and sort of that advert brought along um, our first builders claim. So doing a claim for a construction company, which is sort of quite a relatively big part of our business now, um, working within the with construction companies and. Back then, um, getting that first clean in, not that I would have known it back then, um, and it was actually for Steve Gibson's business over at Bulk Hall. Okay. So a construction yeah. company was build, building his new truck MOT um, garage. So we actually did the builders clean on that. Um, that must be about 10, 12, 10, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And that was a quite a pivotal moment because that's what's seen us go into working with the construction companies where, like I said, now at this present day, we work nationally with a lot of the construction companies um, and we've got a real good relationship with some of the top sort of main contractors in the country. Because if I may, it's almost from a business strategy point of view that you had an original product or service mm-hmm. and then at some point an opportunity came up that you decided to diversify into. Yeah. And then there's been one or two more that you've kind of gone into, which we can touch on in a second. But what's quite very clever is that with with any business, no matter what it is, you have a customer that has a pain point and you were solving yeah. one of them. And then you soon realize, well, actually that same customer also needs this, 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 and this. Yeah. And then the ability and just the conscious awareness to then add those into your kind of portfolio and build the business in the right way, almost developing better and stronger relationships as you go forward is it's the perfect way to grow a business and actually most people actually never do that so they might say look i'm just a window cleaner or i'm just a marketer or i'm just whatever but actually properly looking at what your customers need is what exactly what you've done and then to take it from just a local kind of darlington northeast business to how many kind of sites have you got or you know how what's your geographic reach um national so um at the moment we do have satellite offices virtual offices they are uh, edinburgh uh in london and we've got a, a a base in leeds as well um we we carry out work nationally on a regular basis uh, we've got projects going on currently in london um we've just finished um, projects off at the borders in scotland and uh sort of cleaning contracts at the moment builders cleans and things going on sort of along the m62 corridor manchester leeds so, um, and obviously we've into the northeast. And what's kind of turnover revenue now? If you're happy to. Um, sure. Hey, sorry. If you're happy to kind of share. My point is, <laughs> what I'm trying to do is it's yeah. more just trying to show people how you started just on your own. And you've yeah. grown a genuinely national business, which 
you know, is more than a million pounds turnover, put it that way. It is, yeah. Um, but the, but the, this is my point, is that I'm trying to help inspire and just share the story for guys that actually, they start on their own. Like, I'm, I'm not in a bedroom, but I'm in my office next to my bedroom. Yeah. But, you know, people quite literally start a business in their bedroom. And I imagine that you would have never thought, actually, we'd have offices in Leeds, London, Edinburgh. No, not at all. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, that it was never considered at the time. I think my first, you know, you, you took out your sort of um, first goal for me um, when we first set everything up and I started to move into the cleaning was to reach that million pound turnover. And, you know, <laughs> we did that quite early on. Um, and we've sort of, sort of moved on from there now. Um, and we're just in the process again of sort of consolidating a little bit at the moment, just so we can move the business on again to the next level. You know, we want to establish ourselves in the other areas now where we're, we're working quite regularly. You know, we want to become established, established in London. We want to become established in Scotland and start to grow our businesses properly across the, re, uh, across the country. So where, so you started in window cleaning, then you yep. moved on to commercial contract cleaning. That's how good yep. my memory is. Uh, then Go you on. moved into uh, basically to construction cleaning after a building's yep. been finished to clean it out. You expanded from that into doing the hard resin floors for different buildings. Yeah, um, uh, 2014, um, we, um, well, uh, we we acquired a business in Leeds, um, which was a, 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 a great business, um, owner-operated business. And um, we were very fortunate, in my opinion, to sort of um, be able to pick that business up. I had no idea what resin flooring was, not a single idea. Um, I did, uh, what I wanted was um, a complementary service to what we already did. So what I could see was that a lot of the clients that we, work, we worked for would use this other service. And then the, 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 sort of the, the, the business that we bought, F&G Industrial from Leeds, they had a couple of good clients on their, on their sort of books that I knew I could give my other services to. So... Um, yeah, we were lucky and very fortunate enough to be able to get that business and, and we acquired that and that was back like I said, in 2014. Um, I think we've grown that business um, 700% wow. in five wow. years. So um, we, we've grown that business to a point where sort of we, we have now got nas we're nationally recognized for resin flooring. And um, it was only at the, the back end of last year, we were very fortunate to win the large commercial project of the year award at the Furfer Awards. So Sort of in a very short space of time, we've sort of been able to get ourselves established. I think for the first two or three years of bringing that service in, um, it was quite difficult getting over that barrier of we're just a cleaning company. But you know? and that, it's, 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 for me, it's the there's a business strategy term. Um, well, at least it's the way my one of my mentors kind of told me. It's it's you took uh, the business from where it was, and then you can say one jump, not two. So you took an existing business in an existing sector and added in new services. But every yeah. jump that the business has made into new sectors, it's been perfectly executed strategically, at least from the outside, because you're finding things that are complementary, but you're not overstretching. You didn't go into um, construction, actually erecting steelwork. You know, it's almost, it's, yeah. not, it's finding your niche and then gradually you evolve it and mold it. And whether it, like, kind of intentionally or not, you kind of appear to have nailed it, at least uh, so far. Well, yeah, I think obviously still a, still very much a work in progress, but obviously the business model that we we sort of um, we have and we've looked to sort of in the, integrate into the business is that you know um, certainly sort of if, if you use construction as a as an example, we we want to be targeting the 
site cabins. You know, we want to be coming in and cleaning the site accommodation. Um, and then we want to be chatting with the, with the guys on site, with the client. You know, what else can we do for you? These are our other services. And right throughout the life of that build, we have other services that we can sell into them. You know, you've got our screeds, the resin flooring, and then you come to the builder's cleans, sparkle cleans. Um, and then the whole idea to finish the loop off is to who's moving into the building. You know, we want to be able to sort of get after the people moving in, which in turn would um, help grow our FM division. Because I must so say, so you really look after, I think it's a few of my former employers. We won't name them. But I think you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but it, it's I, I just kind of love the the story about how you've been able to kind of do it. Um, obviously at the moment we've got COVID nineteen. How yeah. have you found it both in terms of the business? You know how has it impacted you? But then likewise, I imagine with some of the deep clean kind of stuff, there's big opportunities for the future. Yeah, I think um, obviously it's been challenging, and I'm sure it's been challenging for everybody. Um, I think the first two weeks of us going into the lockdown. I mean, I was sat a week before that happened thinking this would just blow over. You know, I wasn't considering anything and everybody you were talking to on the phone, it was just business as normal. And then it was just all of a sudden, boom. So we had the first two weeks, two, three weeks, um, extremely challenging, extremely stressful, um, sort of changing how the business operates, how the business runs, um, following the guidelines, health and safety guidelines. So what we wanted to do, we sort of, you know, people were taking decisions to close the businesses down and, and sort of, um, you know, get everybody at home. We, we, we sort of took the decision to continue trading. You know, we, we, at the end of the day, we've got two divisions that operate cleaning. So cleaning divisions, and we wanted to ensure that we were out there assisting our clients and, and making sure that we were looking after them and effectively reducing the risk of the spread of the coronavirus. Um, but it has affected things, you know, um, sort of flooring divisions and things like that has been, that's slowed a lot, as I think things will. So our challenge is to come. I think um, the, the um, a lot of the work that was there, mm-hmm. we've got to um, see if it's still going to be there in the months to come. Is investment going to remain? You know, is construction going to continue to push forward once the projects that people are working on at the moment are, are finished? Um, end users, the clients that we work for in the food and beverage industry, manufacturing, how is that going to hold up? So with, there's definitely challenges down the line. Um, but I think, like see, we've gone into this now and, and and as a business and internally, we're looking at things positively. You know, we do think that there is going to be opportunities out there when we do come out the other side. Well, one of the classic things is, it's a like a Warren Buffett quote, but it's almost where there's certain things people are always going to need. So when Charlie was on, people are always going to need property. And yeah. realistically, whilst there's still industry, they're always going to need cleaning and we're probably always going to have construction. So it's, yes. it, it's, it's also, it's a very safe, good, sensible business to be in. But honestly, I genuinely think that you've got a very good business and I, I really kind of like it. Um, so what do you see is uh, the future? What's kind of the next thing for MGF? Um, I said at the moment, I mean, it, it, it's... Uh... <laughs> Is it what we were looking at doing was sort of consolidating for the next 12 months. And that was prior to sort of the coronavirus coming along, you know, really um, finding our feet um, with the, the last bit of growth that we'd had, establishing ourselves in the areas where we've started to work. And then from that, look to grow. Um, we've got some, so we have got some aspirations and some plans. And where I want to see the business go is, as I've touched on already, the business is here to employ people and to offer opportunities. So my whole goal for this business is to employ as many people as possible 
um, we had set a target of employing a thousand people within five years. Now that might be seven years. Now that COVID nineteen's come along, but um, you know, it, we 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 really would love to employ a thousand people, mainly in the northeast. You know, where opportunities don't come along as readily as they do down in other other cities and other areas of the country. Um, um, how, yeah, I think, how many sorry, people have you got at the moment? We, we've got 160 at the moment. Wow. See, I still think that's, to be honest, even employing two people, I think is super impressive, but it's, uh, no, I think it's really good. So one of the things that I ask all the kind of guests I speak to is what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Um, uh, I would say this went from, um, it would come from my dad, this, and it would have been along the lines of, you're going to have to work hard for things because no one's going to give you anything. It's true. So, and, and that's what I've always done. You know, I, I, I've looked to put work hard at whatever I've done and put effort in. Um, and, and it's the same across what I ask of everybody in this business as well. You know, we've got to work hard, especially in times like we've got now, um, where really we're kind of going to have to outwork other businesses like ours. Um, and we're going to have to outwork other flooring companies and stuff like that mm-hmm. to ensure that um, what business is out there, we can um, get our hands on it. One of the things I'm doing with some of the companies is with um, we're going back and shaking the tree. So it's actually going back yeah. for all the customers in the past two years, stuff you might have attended for, but you haven't heard back on and actually going through and ringing them all. And just it's yes. doing anything you can for the low hanging fruits just to kind yeah. of shore it up. Uh, I've got an yeah. interesting question on the hard work kind of question. And actually, in, in some ways, do you think the the major driver between when businesses succeed or fail not in every case but in a lot of cases is hard work because i'll I'll context that just because for me it's where a lot of the people i meet and these aren't people at your business level but people that are kind of more mine where they've started and they might not be making as much same money as they want and it's that balance of where i'll ask them so actually how many sales approaches have you made and unless it's in the hundreds I, for yeah. me, they're not working hard enough. Like I set myself my own target of a thousand people that I would reach out to. And yes. if I reached out to a thousand people and it still didn't work, I would then rethink. But actually, yeah. I think the people that seem to do well are the people that work hard and they've got the determination that when things it's, go it, wrong, you just keep going. You just keep going. Yeah. You, well, you've got to have a very sort of short memory. So, you know, when, when things don't go right and don't go wrong, you've just got to, boom, put that behind you and then move on to the next thing. I mean, we, we could talk for the next two hours about the things that have gone wrong in the last few weeks. You know, it, it, it's just part and parcel of being in, in business and stuff like that. But um, certainly the hard work, the resilience, you know, and you've got to persevere. It's that That's the sort of biggest thing about it all. It's perseverance. You know, I think a lot of people um, will throw in the towel a little bit too early. Um, but just back yourself, you know, um, back yourself because you know, if, if, like, say if, if one thing doesn't work out, there's always something else that you can do from it and learn from it. Cool. And then just because I know you're a busy man and you've got family and stuff yeah. to go back to, um, if you were to give advice to your younger self and you can pick yeah. whatever age you want, yeah, what, what would it be? Possibly two ages. One would have been at 11 and I should have stuck in at school um, and gone on and been like a doctor or an accountant or something or a solicitor. They seem to charge really good money. Um, or um, sort of when I set up in business, it's sort of like 25, 26 year old, 
And the advice would have been to seek out a mentor as quickly as possible. Somebody who was who was who has the a business um, of where you want to get to, where you want to aspire to. Because to this day, you know, I, st I still don't have that person, and that's why I continue to make mistakes and learn from them on a daily basis. Do so you have a, like a dream for where you want to be in, say, ten years? Ten years? Um, oh, wow. Um, certainly have that business that's employing a thousand people you know we, we we'd like to get the business to that point uh, where we're, we're established um, nationally i think that that's on a business level but then on a on a more personal level i just want to be happy in 10 years you know <laughs> just, yeah, and and that that's one of the things i think in life i think a lot of people sort of forget about is just um being Same. happy in what they do and um certainly i struggle with that daily so in 10 years time if i'm happy and you know we, we've achieved what we want to do with the business and would be and that i think we would have uh would be great yeah because no, i think when just from some of your answers when you said that you know there were different things that you didn't didn't celebrate what i almost wanted to do was have something that in five years time i can say to you look back and watch that video and you the dream was to get to there and you smashed yes. that last year and i think yes. sometimes when just having um just milestones that are realistic but actually you soon move past them and I think yeah. it's, you know it's so it's almost just celebrating the little wins as well well i think that that's one of the things that i struggle with and and it, it, it's giving yourself credit and understanding that sort of where you are now it is an achievement um you know and and, and sometimes that does come with a bit of reflection and you know because once you get to like you set yourself these goals these targets you know you quickly get to them and you forget about them you don't celebrate them you're thinking right what's next what's the next target and the next one and the next one. And that's what I get caught up in, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. Yeah. And I say, and, and I say, I say for me, I suppose it is a little bit where it would be nice to take a bit more time and reflect and understand that, you know, yeah, we, we've got the business to a certain point. You know, we've achieved quite a lot. Like we've touched on in this call, um, sort of, you know, winning the awards with a floor and in only sort of four or five years of having the company and, know employing the, the number of people that we do now we've got success stories in the business where people have come up through the ranks and things like that so you know it, it, it's good to reflect on that and understand that that is an achievement in itself but then move on and move on to the next thing <laughs> cool i must admit i know you're busy man so i'll let you go but yeah. I, from when we met in whenever it was october december whatever it was last year yeah i've always been really impressed with everything and then actually the um, for me, it's your marketing and your branding stands out because you embrace and show real people and real stories and not many people do. And I'm interviewing a lady called Charlotte on Monday, who's also from Darlington. And it's almost the when, so she works in PR for Harvey and Hugo. Harvey and Hugo, I know Charlotte. Yeah, so Charlotte's on a Monday. Yeah. Um, but for me is that, so her job is to tell people stories. And actually I'm also yeah. part of something called a marketing meetup, which is a big, there's 15,000 marketers around the world and their job is to tell stories. But yes. the one thing that you're always looking to create, so the guy called Joe Glover who runs that, is to have an authentic brand which people's perception is actually what they receive. And yeah. one of the things that I think you do very well, and I think the more we can get your face at the front of it, it will do even better. But actually it's the authenticity that if you knock on someone's door and say, look, can we have a conversation because I think we can help. I think because you're so authentic, I think it will do like a, you know really good things for the future. No, I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you. No, cool, but I do. I mean it. Um, so I don't know how long that was being. I can't quite read the screen. Um, but Four no, minutes or so. <laughs> but no, thank you for your time. Uh, I'm sure I'll speak yeah, to you again you. soon. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. You can send in some questions for Charlotte on Monday as well. I will do. Yeah. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks a lot. Cheers, mate. No worries. Bye. Bye. Yeah. See you soon. Speak soon. Bye.